There's been a pandemic. There've been protests. Sometimes it's hard to even remember what the world was like before now. And yet the gospel is still good news and heaven still rejoices over the number one. To make Jesus known, we each have to start with one lost person. Think about it. If I were to ask you who's your one, would you have an answer? I know it's hard. Your one might be someone hiding in plain sight. And sometimes, let me tell you about Jesus, just doesn't feel like the most natural way to have a conversation. But we're in this together. Tens of thousands of believers have found their one, and you can learn from them. Listen, everyone is talking about how the world has changed, but one person sharing Christ with one other person, that is real change. And it comes when you answer the question, who's your one? You have your Bibles turned to Matthew chapter 4. Be in Matthew chapter 4 today. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been labeled as something? Maybe you've been labeled um, um, as, as, as whatever your job defines you as, right? Uh, you're, maybe you're a carpenter, maybe you're a teacher, or maybe you're like forever perpetually a coach. How many of you are like, I've, I'm always being known as coach? Gary, you're always going to be known as coach. It's okay. Right? Like, we, we get labeled, don't we? Maybe you're, the, maybe you're the guy or the girl that's like, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an avid fisherman or I'm an avid hunter. And, and kind of people just know that about you. Like, they just label you as that, right? Or maybe you're the, the avid sports fan. You're the one that's like, man, I am all about football, right? And, and, and specifically, I'm all about one team, Okay. Maybe it's the Cowboys, if that's the case. I'm sorry, unless you were born before 1995. Um, <clears throat> but, like, like there's everybody kind of is labeled, aren't we? Sometimes we get labeled. I, and, and sometimes the church, in the church, we get labeled as Christians, right? Oh, those Christians, or, or they're, those Christians are doing this. And, and, and if one Christian goes out, right, and does something negative and wrong, what, what do we all get labeled with? That, right? Right? So, so I want to tell you this this morning, and I think this is really interesting for us, and this is where we're going, is that in the Bible, there's, the word Christian is only used three times. And, and most of the time, it was used in a derogatory sense. Those people who are following Christ, don't they know he died on a cross? Right? It's used three times. The word disciple is used 281 times. And where we stand currently today in our culture is that a Christian and a disciple are not always one and the same. And so this morning, our goal here is to make sure that we are first and foremost a disciple of Jesus before we get labeled a Christian. Let's be disciples, church, because Jesus does this. This is our aim this morning. In, cha in chapter 4, 18 through 22, he's going to tell us this. Jesus calls us to follow him and make disciples. He doesn't just tell us, believe in him. He says, follow him and make disciples. It's not this sit around, I get to come to church, yay. 
type thing. When we choose to follow him, we're all in. And when then we go, okay, who's my one? I'm going to lead somebody else to Jesus, and I'm going to disciple them. That's what that looks like to be a disciple. And so Matthew chapter 4, in our context this morning, Jesus has just come out of the, the temptation um, time with, with, with Satan. And then in verse 12 of chapter 4, it's going to say this. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We read that because it's important as we jump into 18 through 22 when Jesus calls the disciples. Because in these first four chapters of Matthew, Matthew's revealed some things about Jesus. He revealed that he's the coming Messiah, that he's Emmanuel, he's God with us, but now he's revealing that he's the great light of the world. Right? He's making this revelation, this is who Jesus is. And why it's important that we understand that is because then when Jesus comes in and he starts rolling in and starts calling people out and to follow him, they're not just following some random dude. They're following the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They're following the Messiah, the great light of the world, the fulfillment of prophecy. This is him. And so Jesus comes in and Matthew 4, 18 says this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Let's just stop there for a second. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. So we have this rabbi, this teacher, walking by this, these fishermen. Let me tell you something about Jewish culture, okay? Here's how this would play out. Hebrew boys um, started school around the age of five, okay? And they would begin to learn the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. By age 10, they knew the Torah by heart. Okay, by age 10. At 17, they had to make a choice. Am I going to make religious studies my career? Am I going to make this thing the thing that I chase after with all my life? Or am I going to go back home and learn my father's trade or a trade? Okay, so that's, that's where they're at. And so these fishermen obviously had made a decision to what? Go back home. Learn their father's trade, right? Okay? If you chose to go the religious studies route, you chose to continue um, to study, 
what you would do then is you would, you would, as a student, you would find a rabbi, someone that you sought and you're like, man, I like their teaching, I like what they're doing, and you would sit at their feet and you would learn from them and you would follow them and you would do what they do and taught what they taught. But you had to choose the rabbi, but then the rabbi at some point would look at you and say, Stephen, nope, don't want you. And he would move on. And you would have to go find another rabbi. Or he would look at you and say, yes, you can follow me. Right? The rabbi, okay, made the decision. But first, the student had to choose someone. Now, all of these men that Jesus walks by had walked away from that. They didn't choose anyone. They went back to be fishermen. And what I want you to see here is this, is that as Jesus comes into these men's life, he sees them casting their net, and he says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately got up, and they went. And what I want you to see is that Jesus doesn't always choose the best of the day. He chooses the willing. He chooses those who say, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll do it. And always choose the best. John MacArthur says it this way, God skipped all the wise of the day. The great scholars were in Egypt. The great library was in Alexandria. The great philosophers were in Athens. The powerful were in Rome. He passed over Herodotus, the historian, and Socrates, the great thinker, and Julius Caesar. He chose men so ordinary, it was comical. No rabbis, no teachers, no religious experts. He chose those who were willing to be his disciples. He chose those who were willing. Are you willing this morning to say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus? The calling is there. Follow me. Follow me. Again, not a random guy they're following. The great light of the world, the Messiah, Jesus. Will you follow him? We go on. We see this. We see that they immediately left their nets and they followed him and talk about that significance of that in a minute. But verse 21, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called, he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. To follow him, we have to leave it all. To follow him, we have to leave it all. There's two significant things happening here. We have the first set of disciples that are leaving their career. They're leaving the way that they provide for their family and for themselves. That's what they're leaving. Okay? The other set of disciples, we see their they're leaving their most significant relationships, right? They're leaving their father. They're leaving the one that they actually came home to and chose to do his trade. That significant relationship with the son and father was, was huge and for them just to up and leave it. Now, here's the deal. You may not be asked as a believer in today to, to, to leave your career and change careers. You may. I love, I, I would, I would, it would be so much fun and so cool to see the Lord raise up people out of here that say, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. 
But you may not be asked to do that. You may not be asked to give up significant relationships. But the point is still here that when we choose to be a disciple, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, is that we're saying that is first and foremost my identity. Who I am in Christ is first and foremost before my job, before my family. Look here, dads. Look here, moms. You are first and foremost a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus. If you are not with all that you are, all your passion, all your pursuit in life, chasing that, you will never be the parent he has called you to be. They desperately need you to chase after Jesus because your kids will do what you do. Grandparents, your grandkids need you to chase after Jesus. You're first and foremost called to be a disciple. That's the only thing that should define you. It's to be a disciple. You're called to leave it all. Martin Luther says in his beautiful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still his kingdom is forever his kingdom is forever to follow him we have to leave it all and then I want you to see this is that God commands us to make disciples look he calls these disciples and they immediately go but he says to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men he's calling them he's saying hey I'm going to make you someone who produces disciples like me. We're called to make disciples. You are not called to come in here and sit each week and listen to a sermon and sing some songs. That is not the goal of being a disciple. The goal of being a disciple is for you as a believer to sit, go to someone who doesn't know Jesus and say, hey, I want to I introduce you to the hope that I have. And then you begin to walk with them through the mess and through the junk and through all the stuff that life has. And you get messy with them and you pray with them and you study God's word with them. That's what it looks like for you to make a disciple and that's what it looks like for you to be a disciple. If you're not doing that, you are not being a disciple. It's that plain. It's that simple. Who are you discipling? Who are you leading to Jesus and then walking with? He says you're going to be fishers of men. Look, in, 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 in Jesus' time, if, if a student went and picked a rabbi and that rabbi then picked him and he would follow him, what would happen is, um, if you read Jewish old um, um, Jewish culture stuff and listen to um, to Orthodox Jews discuss some of this historical thing, it's fascinating. I would um, highly recommend you going and listening to um, some Jewish culture. There's podcasts all over. You can listen to um, Jewish his, historical Jewish culture, uh, ancient Jewish culture. One of the things that um, was was very common was that. A disciple of a rabbi 
would follow that this is this is just interesting things for you facts for you a disciple of a rabbi if he chose a rabbi um it was often said in ancient jewish texts that that disciple would be covered from head to toe in the dust of the rabbi because he was following so close and he was always with him that he would pretty much be filthy because he was following the rabbi wherever he went he was following the rabbi so closely that he wanted to look like him he wanted to act like him he wanted to teach like him he wanted to do everything that his rabbi did church i'm afraid we've missed that in being a disciple today Are you following Jesus so closely that, that everything that he did, everything that he taught, what he, what he did, how he acted to people, how, how he reacted to people, how he spoke to people, does it, do, do you look like that? That's what it looks like for you to be a disciple. Is that you're following Jesus so closely that you look like him. You take care of you, and while you do it, you lead someone else. You and I as disciples are called to look like Jesus and lead others to Jesus. So church, again, who's your one? Who are you praying for? Who are you l having conversations with? Who's your one that you're leading to the Lord and discipling? I'll end with this. In Robert Coleman's book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, he says this. When will the church learn this lesson? Preaching to the masses, although necessary, will never suffice in the work of preparing leaders for evangelism. Nor can occasional prayer meetings and training classes for Christian workers do this job. Individual women and men are God's method. God's plan for discipleship is not something but someone. And it is you as a disciple that are called to follow him and to make disciples. Who's your one? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for Father this beautiful picture of calling these disciples and God as you have called us may we step out and may we say that we will leave it all in full abandonment Father to follow and to pursue after you and Father would we would we look more like disciples every single day we love you we are thankful for your word this morning I'd move and work 
in our lives and our hearts. Reveal to us, even in these moments, Father, who are one. 